Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in just 30 minutes. Today, we are very excited to be joined by Sarah Arndt. Sarah, if you can imagine it, was a former nurse who is now the CEO of a construction company, Ardmore Construction. Her passion is for helping and caring for people, and that has never changed. It's only gotten bigger and deeper. She now manages Ardmore and their extensive exterior projects, including roofing, siding, gutter work, as well as storm damage services. Sarah, welcome. We are really excited to talk to you today. Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. You got it. So let's uh, let's start there. I, d- I don't know many people who've made the transition uh, from being a nurse to uh, working in the construction industry. How did that happen? So actually, it's a really interesting story. So I, I grew up, my parents owned businesses my whole life. So my, I grew up on a resort. And they, before that, my parents were artists, uh, lived a pretty unusual life in that they, they were full-time artists for 12 years. But I, so I had, I had been exposed to business from a very young age, um, but I went to school to do the dependable thing. I got a degree as a nurse and I, you know, I went in and I I started working as a nurse and frankly, the hours were really challenging for me. You know, if you're working in most nursing jobs, you're going to have to work either a straight evening shift or alternating day nights. And I just did not do well with my sleep pattern being interrupted twice a week to work overnight um, or even a couple times a month. It just didn't work well for me. Uh, so I worked the straight evening shift, which meant that I was always up until one or two in the morning. Again, now that I've done some more research on sleep, it's not ideal. <laughs> so it was just like, and, and then, and then I'm a, I'm a pretty, a pretty big heart. And so being in situations where the crisis could be your loved one passing away, you know, you're literally in life or death situations. And that's, that was hard for me just because I, I felt for my, my patients. And so I kind of reached a point where a combination of all of those things, it was just like, this was not working well for me. And I decided that I needed to make a career change. And I quit my job as a nurse and my partner at the time, my partner still now, um, he worked in construction and my, I had watched my parents navigate this working together and they did it for 45 years. You know, they worked together, they, they'd carved together and then they owned a resort together and I really wanted to try and do that because I'd watched it happen. I watched how it just kind of made you like pull together. <clears throat> Not everybody can work with their spouse, but you know, I wanted to try it. <laughs> so I, 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 he, he got me a job working um, with a company that he worked with doing sales. So I did that for a season and then um and I actually realized, oh, you know, this is something that I can actually, I can actually do. It didn't make a lot of money at it, but then I was, so I kind of from there ventured into um, helping him with the crews and then um, was in a position that the company had done sales for. I'm going to make you the really condensed version and we can unpack this if you want to. <laughs> um, but then I, I got offered a position as an operations manager to run, to help come alongside this owner and help him figure out his business. And I had a pretty good intuitive business sense because I'd been around business for so long. Um, So I came in, I came alongside and I basically helped him run his business. And then I was working way too many hours and 
wasn't going to get the help that I needed. And so I decided to start off and venture and start my own in 2017. So now it's been five years since I've had my own. Okay. Sometimes I will run into starting with a very vague question and get so many good things in that answer that I need to follow up on. So I'm going to do my best to unpack, follow up, but I'm sure I'm going to leave something out. The first thing is just a comment. The the way you mentioned that it's not natural to be up overnight, sleep schedule, being interrupted with nurse schedule is it, it baffles my mind. And it, I, I don't know how, you know, there are many fantastic uh, medical providers, nurses working over. I don't know how they do it. So when you say that you, you, I completely agree with that. I don't know how people can do that. Uh, the second thing I want to follow up on mentioned, not a, I don't remember the word you used, but not traditional upbringing living on a resort. What kind of resort, what was that like? So it wasn't, it wasn't like a Madden's or like a big ski resort, or it was a smaller resort. They had, 15 cabins and three like small hotel rooms and it was so it wasn't a super small resort but it was also not one of these really big complexes um I when my parents bought the they bought the resort when I was 12 um and I thought it was pretty cool because we bought the resort and all of a sudden we had a fire truck and we had a Viking ship and we had but I also at 12 started working 30 hours a week in the summer at age 12. And so, you know, I didn't have a normal upbringing in that. And I was also homeschooled. So that's not something that I've talked about a lot, but I was also homeschooled. So I didn't have like, I've never met someone who's had an upbringing like mine where, you know, I was working from age of 12 and and like farm kids, resort kids are like exempted from the labor laws because it's as far as your kids working, because it's considered kind of a necessity for resort kids to be able to work just like farm kids are exempted from some of those labor laws so and it was really interesting because when I was getting my contractor's license they're like yeah you can't let your own kids work (laughs) (laughs) like like that's not allowed um so it was a very unique situation it wasn't like the work it's not like I was doing like tons of manual labor but you know like I do know how to clean a toilet and I'm pretty good at it and you know uh yeah so (laughs) Okay. So I was unaware that resort or farm kids were things. So thank you for sharing that with me first and foremost. Second, where was this resort? Just so our listeners can, you said skiing. Absolutely. So, well, no, Northern Minnesota. So it's not a ski resort. I know when some people hear resort, they think, you know, ski resort, or they think in Florida resort. No, it was, it was a Northern Minnesota. So cabins on a lake in Northern Minnesota. I see. Okay. So it was summer, summer vacation on the lake then. Correct. Yep. People okay. come for a week. So you had a friend for a week and then they were gone. And then the next week you get a new friend. (laughs) So. Okay. And you referenced, they also were artists. So that was also an activity there. Okay. Well, no, Uh, my parents actually made their living. Okay. As full-time artists before they bought the resort. And then before that, my parents actually spent three years living in a Eskimo village, 600 miles from the nearest road. Okay. (laughs) So, all right. So that, that certainly not a traditional upbringing when when you when that's that's the foundation of of the parenting. But you referenced that watching mom and dad do it for as long as they have, and I think forty five years was the amount of time you said they worked together. Um, that is quite a uh, kind of model to have in front of you, and one to model your own uh, business trajectory with with your spouse on how how have you made it work working with uh, you know your partner. 
So I think a couple of things. One, I have an appreciation for how much the business has forced us to work on things that we maybe wouldn't be forced to work on if we didn't have the business. So because of the business, we have to learn how to communicate because if we don't learn how to communicate and we have to learn to listen to the other person's perspective, we both went in the early days of this business where it was really my business and he would have an opinion about something. I was a little stubborn and um, we're both firstborn children. We're both a little like, you know, we're both pretty driven. And so I was stubborn and I wouldn't listen to him. And there were some things that I made some decisions that if I had listened to his perspective and at least had a dialogue back and forth about it, I would have not made the same mistake. And so I, I have, we have learned, you know, how to soften what we're saying, how to empathize where the other person is, because it's not always that you're in a partnership where you both can see where the other person like truly understand their world. And so I think we both understand each other's world in ways that some partners just can't, you can't grasp because you just, you're not there. You don't understand the stresses of what that is. It can be challenging from the standpoint that you both can be stressed out about the same thing and have to take a moment and say, okay, I'm stressed about this. I have to step away for a minute. Like, do you have this? Can you, can you handle this? And we do that with each other where we, you know, there'll be something that will stress one of us out and the other person just has to step up and that's just the way it is or, you know, vice versa. It's yeah. That's a really interesting answer in a couple of reasons. The first, the communication piece, it's, I don't say counterintuitive, but it's less you really spend a lot of time thinking about it. You know, you're absolutely correct that your communication at home, you know, is it's important that you communicate well, but there's nothing that there's no fine something for the most part, there's no financial incentive tied to communicating well. But when you're at the office at working together, you need to do it for the betterment of your company, your clients, your colleagues, everybody there. So you you kind of have that motivator. And, and then two, the other piece, the one that I think will often get overlooked is you have the same stressor. So if you both have a bad day at the office or you have a big deadline coming up, it is difficult to kind of compartmentalize that when you get home. It's like, well, now you take care of dinner, you take care of the kids because we both are really worried about tomorrow. So uh, the really good insights there. Um, I'm, I will have a question and it is, working with, you know, in a partnership always fascinates me because it's, a lot of times when it's done right, it's more one plus one equals more than two because you are uh, multiplying each other's strengths. How have you kind of figured out the communication piece, obviously big, but how have you kind of figured out how to do that? And especially when you're spending so much time together, what, what are, what are your strengths? What are you bringing to that relationship? So I, we're, we're very, we're very um, different in many respects. We share enough that we're you know, we have enough common ground that it's not like we're on two different planets, but sometimes it feels like we're from two different planets from the standpoint that <clears throat> I am so meticulous. I plan things out. I like to plan advance. So let's just say, take something completely unrelated to work, family vacations. You know, if we're going to take a vacation, I'm going to plan ideally, you know, four to six months in advance. I'm going to have the place. I'm going to figure out what we need to pack for the kids. I'm going to have and over that time, I will figure out, I will be like, okay, I need to have this figured out this month so that I'm ready this month. 
this is what I need to have the nanny do. This is what I need to purchase. Like this is, that's just, I'm just very much a planner and I start with my end goal and I figure out how to get there. He will book a, a flight a week before and be like, okay, we're going. And, and, and that is just like, and, and like he might show up and have the first hotel night booked and then have nothing else booked for when he takes a vacation. Like we're just so different from that. And, and there's a, in, in business and I think in life too, but really in business, you, you kind of need both. You have to be able to plan and like strategize and think through all the pros and cons and think through all those little things. And you also have to just jump because you're not going to plan everything out. You're not going to be able to. So he pushes me again. He just came and asked for flashlight batteries. So So, you know, that's where are the flashlight batteries because I'm not organized enough to have, he has the heaps, I have the files. So he pushes me though to like not, so he really pushes me to not just sit and plan because I have, would maybe have the tendency to plan for too long. And he pushes me to get out there and to kind of push, to push things forward faster. He probably pushes me to take more risks and I hold him back from making like just jumping and being like, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like that's like, there is, so we, we kind of balance one another and then I'll, there'll be something that I'll be like, yeah, let's just do that. And he'll be like, yeah, that doesn't make sense to spend that money on that. Or like, we both have our own little things. So you do a really good job there describing how you balance each other out and you don't minimize the other's talents or strengths or perspective because it's different than your own, that you realize that there is value to doing something a little different. Uh, because as as you referenced, I am also a firstborn and I am also very uh, detail-centric. So I'm that person in my relationship. And I've come to realize that, you know, it's <laughs> it's helpful to understand that there's obviously more than one way to do things. And just because it's different than you would have done it does not make it wrong. And sometimes, in, in my case, most of the time, it's probably better to look at it from a different way. Um, so it is a big jump and we are jumping all over the place, but you started a company in 2017. How did you go from an industry that you were somewhat new, newly introduced to, to deciding I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it on my own or in my own company? What, what was the decision there? What did that look like? So I, I had worked in kind of almost every aspect of the business that I was starting in and my partner had been a subcontractor for many, many, many years. So he had experience in the industry. Now he was not, to be clear, he was not my business partner. He bought in like two or three years into the business. Like he didn't buy in initially. It was, it was my business, but um, I, so I had, I had done sales. So I understood the sales part. And when I was an operations manager, that was maybe not. So I hired the salespeople. I trained the salespeople. I oversaw the production process. I handled the supplements. I uh, handled the hiring. Um, I handled accounts receivable, accounts payable. The only thing I hadn't done, I handled hiring of the subcontractors. I handled all the negotiations with the suppliers. So really the only thing I hadn't done when I decided to start Ardmore was I hadn't done the books. And so I took a crash course in QuickBooks and figured that out. And I, you know hired a good accountant to lead me in. So it was, I guess I had, it was a short period of time 
I am a sponge. So you set me down with something that I am very interested in, and I am just going to ask a million questions and I'm going to absorb those things. And I'm just going to be able to like, so I was able to very rapidly learn process information and put myself in a position to do what I did. Um, Part of it was I didn't have I was debt-free before I did this. So I had no real expenses month to month and I could live on very little. My car was paid for, um, you know, I basically had a health insurance premium each month that I had to pay and food. So I really didn't have a lot that I was having to pay each month. So my expenses were very low. So I had to basically make a small amount of money. And so for those first years, I made hardly anything because I was literally looking for the right opportunity, not what I was going to make the most in made my, the people that I worked for a ton of money because of it, because I was not really looking to get paid for what I was doing. But because of that, I was able to, I was able to leverage that to get the experience that I needed. I think that's very strategic and with the long focus is, I don't want to say it's rare, but it's not often that somebody has the the luxury to kind of plan that far ahead and, and to leverage the, the early years, both for learning and to set the business up uh, successfully going forward. So it's very well done, especially since that was, was the plan. Um, well, and I don't know that that was necessarily the plan. I was just so interested in it and I knew I was never really going to be a great salesperson. I didn't sell all that much. I just, I learned what I could with it. And then I learned enough to know what I could teach some of the sales guys that I was hiring about. But I also just think that, um, and I, I did not get debt free because I was intending to buy a business. I just want to make sure I clarify this because I happened to get debt free. Um, because that was just a goal of mine to, to not have a lot of debt. So it was a separate issue for me to kind of live very simply. And that had been a process that I had gone through prior to, starting on this whole adventure that allowed me to, to do this. Okay. Thank, thank you for, for jumping there with the distinction. It's very helpful. Um, one thing I think that is important to ask about here in a business that you were not part of, or not an expert in and learn on the fly, how were you able to kind of marry the thoughts of working on the business where you were running a company hiring, training, doing all of those things at something that you had not necessarily done day to day before, where you were somebody who, quote unquote, would have worked in the company. Um, you've obviously done it well and uh, you know run a, a company now that uh, is, is five years old and doing very well. But how, how was it that at the beginning where you were basically leading company, working on that company for something that you had not done previously? So it didn't really feel like it was something that I had not done previously, like I said, because the, the first, the three and a half years before I had, and I had, when I was operations manager at that other company, I really did a lot of what I did when I first started the business. So I spent a year and a half pretty much kind of working out my, my hiring and like my, you know, my systems and like how some of that stuff would work. Um, I feel like you're trying to get to something else that I'm not... <laughs> I'm not hoping you get there. <laughs> no, you, you, your answer is good that you had the experience in a, in a prior role and saw that it could be uh, transferred to to your own company. So, I mean, that's that, that kind of answers that there. Uh, you know, looking back, uh, I'm sure that there were 
you know, times that it was very helpful to have that experience and probably cross industry as well, coming from what you did at 12 years old in, in, in the nursing industry as well. Um, so what, uh, this is a, uh, you know, working in, in exteriors, working in construction, it's both competitive and out there to a lot of different customers and clients. How do you differentiate from those that have similar businesses and why do your customers keep coming back to you? So I think that we have set up our business from day one, customer focused. Um, when I, when I got into this industry, I kid you not, I was offered a sales job. I got my first sale. I, I somehow talked to this homeowner and talked to this adjuster and signed this deal and came into the office and I'm like, okay, I need to pick out materials. What do I do? And they literally handed me a shingle board and said, go ask what color they want. So literally I'm giving someone a roof and all I'm doing is taking a board saying, what color do you want? And what happened was they gave me the board, but there were two different product lines. There was a lower one and an upper one. And I didn't know the difference between those two. The board was for the upper one. Somehow the, the person doing the order placed it for the lower one. And I, on my first job, I had to give money back because we screwed up the product that was going to be installed. And I said, this is dumb. <laughs> this is really dumb. Why are you? And this was not just my experience. I talked to other people who were doing sales in this. And like, literally they were, they were throwing people out there with like, okay, you just go pick this out. And, and what happened was customers weren't getting the kind of experience that they should, because they didn't have the back support that they, the, the, the sales staff didn't have the training or the back support. So like we have, we've kind of divided our sales. So our sales guys sell because I've first in this industry, I first started, I'm like, all right, we're just going to train everybody. I'm going to do a really, really, really good job of training everybody. Well, I quickly realized that there are a couple different types of people in this world and sales guys, for the most part, unless you have a unicorn really don't do well with reams of paper. They just don't, they don't love all those little fine details of trying to get all those details. So I was trying to like force these guys to, to do this. And it was like, I was pulling teeth and I realized I need what they have for social skills, but I can't force them to be this paper people, person, detailed person as well. So I divided it. So the sales guys make a slightly lower commission on the job. And I have someone that just handles the material selections. That's all they do. They're an expert in that. They follow the trend so that they can customer face with all of those things. So I think not everybody's going to be in construction, but I think that the principle underlying that in watching what the customer experience is and paying attention to what changes can I make that will increase the customer satisfaction. That is, so it's, and it's been that from day one, a, we take care of our, our own employees. So our own employees can take care of our customers and then thinking about that customer experience. I love that answer, especially with the customer experience and the employees at the forefront of the thinking and the why behind you, behind your decision-making and why you have things set up. What was the response of uh, especially the uh, sales professionals on the team when they were told they might get a smaller commission, but the administrative piece was being taken off their plate. So we, um, 
we really didn't phase that in with our old sales guys. We let our sales guys that were here still maintain. And we have one that's going to be doing making the transition this year. And he is at the point where it's like, he's starting to see that, oh, this is actually going to be a really good thing. But we gave kind of a, we gave a time period and a grace period for people to kind of have a couple different options for roles. Um, we've all kind of realized over the last year and a half or two years that that's just not, it's not ideal and it's not going to, it just works better the other way we're doing it. So, and ultimately what happens is they end up doing a higher volume in sales because all they're doing is selling and they're not bogged down with all these other little paperworky details. So it ultimately ends up being, but, but they've had to watch guys come in from the outside and get volume, get numbers that they have only dreamed of getting because of that. So, but I think we've worked with them. We've worked with each of our guys that have been here for a while, understanding that change is hard. I mean, I think you've nailed it the way you said it, that having the right culture in the office where it's, we're going to do what's best for the people here and for our clients. And we're going to put that on display. We're going to give time. We're going to make it obvious. And then you also referenced that change is difficult, but if it is something that you are ultimately looking to simplify your process or just let the people on the team do what they do best, do more of that, that that's going to win out over time. And even the harshest critics of, uh, I don't want to change. This is the way we've always done it. Is going to say, you're making this easier for me. You're prov we're providing it at a lower cost, giving them what they want. Uh, it kind of, you know, not to be cliche, but everybody wins that way. And it, it has helped. And I think that's what the secret to not so much of a secret is for the success there that it's set up in a way that our end product, there's a lot of thought that goes into it as opposed to this is how it was set up before we just keep running it this way. Yeah. All right. Well, somehow we are already nearing time. Uh, so I, I think I've done a hell of a job jumping around here, but I will, I will uh, ask if anybody wanted to reach out to you directly, uh, learn more about Ardmore, where can they do that? So our Instagram is just Ardmore Construction. Our LinkedIn is Ardmore-Construction. And then our website is Ardmore, A-R-D-M-O-R, construction, all spelled out, .com. Excellent. So we'll be sure to post all of those links. Uh, and Sarah, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that I probably should have? Oh, you've done an amazing job of kind of guiding a scattered my scattered conversation about the process and hopefully we provided some valuable content for your listeners that they can take and apply to their own lives this was a, fa a fantastic conversation so i wouldn't call it scattered and when you say amazing job you know you had me there so uh, i think it i think it went well uh, i appreciate you taking the time this has been a ton of fun and i look forward to doing it again thank you sarah thanks mike